When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. It's Neil and Paddy back again. We're here to talk to you in the aftermath of the Aston Villa Wolverhampton Wanderers. Nil nil draw, very much so a game of two halves at Villa Park yesterday on Saturday, the 6th of March. Um, I don't know. I've kind of really said everything that kind of happened in the game. Well, I haven't. You know, there was a couple, a couple of things that, that happened in that game, and I'm ably assisted, as always, by the wonderful Paddy Kelly on today's podcast. How are you doing, Paddy? And how are things in your life at the moment? Good evening. Um, all is good. <laughs> Lovely weekend. Villa are safe. <laughs> Officially. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, look, we've just got to look on the bright side. We did, we did a pretty poor second half, and we'll get to that in a while, but... Um, I'm good. Can't complain. Good, good. Yeah, and you mentioned there the Villar safe, and it's usually you that's cracking up, and I can. I realised last night I hadn't drank in a while. I didn't have anything to celebrate Villa's, Villa's uh, mathematic, mathematically more or less not being able to be relegated at the moment, and it is me that is going to crack up in a can this time. Oh, that was fairly wake. Didn't, it was... <laughs> this is a uh, Wicklow Wolf... Um, Mammoth IPA. Oh Jesus! I should have checked the checked the um, the ABV on this before I actually poured it in. It's seven percent. So uh, <laughs> yeah, when I pass out later on, Paddy, you can take the reins. This is going to oh, smells. Jesus, that smells lovely. Anyway, I'm going to enjoy this halfway through. If you hear me slurping, um, cheers. God, yeah. cheers. No beer for me. No, no beer, beer for me tonight. Paddy has Paddy's on the Coca Cola. Oh. <laughs> 
there's a tang off that. I anyway, had, I had too many beers last night celebrating that we're we're safe. I'm just going to say it was celebrating that we were safe. Uh, and, um, <laughs> not that he need any reason. We were. Uh, I was on a Zoom quiz after the game last night, and I was fairly mellow. I could. I should say. <laughs> did you Did you win the quiz? No, didn't win the quiz. Ah well, it's the taking part that counts, isn't it? Yeah. Means we have to ho- means we have to host it next week. I thought all these days were behind uh, us, but anyway, that's I know. Life. I know it's such as life. And back to the game, I suppose as well. Villa, you know, if there was a Zoom quiz, I think with our second half performance, Aston Villa would be hosting the Zoom quiz next week. <laughs> you know, after that that second yeah. half performance, but uh, we'll go in chronic- chronological order because I, I I think it just keeps a small bit more of a structure to the game. And first of all, Paddy, team sheet gets announced. Yes. Two talking points on it. Start with that one. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So, well, we obviously had the inclusion of Morgan Sanson, which we'd been kind of crying out for. Um, I was happy to see him there. Um, Luis came back in. Um, Trezeguet and Traore. So, it, it posed a lot of questions. We, we eventually got the answer with Al Ghazi having an issue with his toe, some kind of infection or something in the toe. Mm. So that's fair enough. Um, Ramsey probably unlucky to miss out, but you know what? He's one for the future. To blood him in, have him there is is important. Uh, Sanson, we spent a lot of money on him. It was time to see him. And, you know, I think he was worthwhile for his, for his selection. He he, uh, he, put, he put a shift in for us. Um, yeah, no surprises across the back and no real surprises on the bench either. There's, I don't think there was any change at all other than Philadine uh, Bidace coming in for, obviously, Anwar Al-Ghazi, who dropped out completely. Mm. It was great to see him on the bench, I suppose, really, you know, with all the fanfare of him signing his deal uh, during the week. Uh, it was really fantastic, I suppose, to... To, to, to see that, you know, to see him there and, and, and the leap of faith, I suppose, that Dean Smith gave him. We've, we've asked the question, you know, about 19-year-olds making their way onto this team. Mm. Uh, this kind of answers it. Dean Smith's going to give you a chance, you know. There was there was three academy products on that team there under the age of 19 uh, or 19 or, or, or younger in uh, Ken Hedden Kessler, uh, jo- Jacob Ramsey and um, uh, Jacob Philogene Bidais as well, you know. So that's a great, great sign for this Aston Villa football club that not only are we getting a nil all draw against Wolves and having three guys from our academy that are under the age of 20 on this team, I'm just after realising it now, that is massive progress. Jesus, we wouldn't have been able to do that last year. No. Absolutely wouldn't. We wouldn't We wouldn't have been able to give anyone an opportunity last year the way we were playing. So, you know, I know people were slagging me saying we were we were staying up. It was a little bit tongue in cheek. I knew we were staying up a long time ago and there was never going to be any danger. But as you say, it's progress. It's all progress to just even go back 12 months to when football shut down and we were in a bad, bad place and we didn't see any way out of it. Um, we had just, it must be, I'd say it's the anniversary this this yeah. week of getting hammered by Leicester. Isn't that correct? We've, we got hammered by Leicester Seven. before lockdown. 7th of March, I was going to, uh, because I was so very cultured, I was going to a jazz concert in uh, in uh, <laughs> the Borgosh Theatre here in Dublin because I was uh, supremely cultured. And uh, it was probably the last time I actually, I think that might have been actually the last time I, I drank a pint in a pub. Um, 
and that would have been the seventh of March last year. Uh, yeah, I think there might have been once. I think there was actually there was once when uh, one of my mates had a, had a child in um, in in August. But apart from that, yeah, that would have been the last time. Um, but uh, and I remember I didn't see the Leicester game, and I was texting you beforehand. And then when I came out, I saw it was four nil, and then I just literally, I, remember, I think I turned off my phone. I went, yeah. "Oh, I can't, I can't text Paddy after that. He's going to be in some bad mood." Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that, I think it was the seventh of March. I'm almost certain it was this. It was either seventh or the ninth. I, I, I can actually remember that happening because it was, it was the night before I I had been to a concert. I was at the script in the Tree yeah. Arena. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's all it's all uh there's an anniversary of all these bad things happening at the moment yeah. last time i was at a game would have been last week last concert would have been this week and mm. um and then it's the anniversary i think to, i think today of of that that four nil would be right because it was a saturday evening if i remember correctly yep yeah it was it absolutely was yeah 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 and uh jesus yeah when i think about it now one year ago and i sat shoulder to shoulder with actual people no such thing as a mask Crazy. and uh we all live to tell the tale i hope actually jesus that's we mightn't have i i, I can't say it for certain um but uh yeah look long may uh or not long may it continue i suppose uh hopefully we're out the other side is what i should really be saying the complete opposite yeah. long may it continue uh anyway going back i just remembered something as well there patty we mentioned that our guys had an infected toe am i right in saying the infected toes and uh, and Villa strikers slash wide men go hand in hand. Am I right in saying that Darius Vassell took a power drill to his toe because it was an infection and he wanted to lance it himself? <laughs> That's a new one on me. <laughs> I'm 99 to 110% certain that under the second Graham Taylor regime, Vassell had an infection or a blood bubble in his toe. Or something like that, and he wanted to he wanted to get rid of it before a game, and he took a drill to to burst it, and it ended up getting infected. I am nine. I'm a hundred percent certain that that happened. Um, I'm not going to Google it here on the actual podcast because, uh, but uh, if anybody out there can confirm my memory, I I'm going to say it was 2003 because that would ring true. Um, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I'm almost certain. I'm nearly 100% certain that there's um, because I remember Graham Taylor going nuts over it, and I remember there being a big, a big thing happening, or a big, big piece around it as the Vassell was out. I think he was most likely on the England panel as well, or in and around the England squad as well when, when that happened. But uh, can't remember, can't remember, but uh, it brings it brings a new, uh, a new meaning to do it yourself DIY, oh, uh, you know, being Q job on it. So, uh <laughs> So, so we'll see. But if anybody it's, out there, what's even worse that. is he admitted to it, obviously, and told the truth. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe Graham Taylor was just throwing him under the bus because I remember it was Graham Taylor that came out and said it at the time, and he was pretty pissed off about it. But uh, uh, it's yeah. Look, it's um, it, uh, if someone can can tell me if I'm on the right path with that or not, um, then please do let us know. But as you mentioned, Elwar Amar Ghazi was out of the reckoning for yesterday's game, and it meant that people like Trezeguet and Morgan Sanson and uh, Traore were re- restored to to the to the team as well. So, Paddy, we started off okay. We came out of the blocks pretty well, and we I thought, I thought we started very well. I thought, you know, for the majority of the first half, we were we were, but for all the first half, we were the better side. Um, they had little cameos here and there, but they they struggled. Um. 
obviously we know as as time went on they, they got better and it was, it was the proverbial game of two halves um but we did we we started very well they regrouped at half time but you know we 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 could have very easily been 2-0 up haven't haven't hit the woodwork twice um and my god that that Ollie Watkins strike if it had gone in we'd have been talking about it forever i think um it's, it was just some hit and he probably had a better option to slip. Uh, I think it was Trezeguet who just got inside him, and an, an opportunity was there to slip him in, and he didn't. And I was going, ah, what are you doing? Next thing he shoots, and geez, an outrageous shot rattles yeah. the crossbar. But um, yeah, it was, we got off to it was a relatively good. Like that was, I, I think that was fairly early on as well. It was about five minutes in, was it? Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly when it was. I don't I don't remember the exact timing, but it was early on. Uh, he was he was lightning. Uh, Ollie Watkins came to play in the first half, and uh, I think he knew that it was going to be a case where, boy, I think we saw the team that potentially the service might be a bit lower, a bit less than he's used to. Mm. He was going to have to plow his own furrow. Um, he had Dendonker looking for... Uh, looking for him every single time. Remember, you you mentioned that Docker at the start as being uh, or at the, in the preview as being a potential weak link. Ollie Watkins uh, took him for a walk in the first half, and uh, I know that he got a small bit injured in Donker in at the end of the first half. But it, yeah. it wasn't his best half of football, let's just say. The uh, Donker, and uh, when we get to the second half, I think his composure and the fact he worked himself back into the game was a huge reason why Wolves were so much more sure than were able to get on the ball. But Watkins batters the crossbar and then uh, he has another shot then saved. I think he had a shot saved and then he uh, tried to slip Bertrand Shorey through when he probably should have taken a shot himself after he turned uh, Connor Cody. Um, But he was lively. Ollie Watkins was lively. He had six shots uh, throughout the course of the game. And, And look, that's kind of, I know people might say six shots and no goals. That's, you know, that's a poor return, but literally like he was, he, he had to do it all himself, you know, yeah. for good, good, good portions of that game. So uh, I thought he was very, very good. I, th- I thought he was excellent throughout the game. Yeah. If, if, if I'm being hypercritical, I was very annoyed at him for not taking on that shot himself. Yeah. Yeah. Having like strikers instinct, you expect him just to try and burst the net himself. Like, but he, he opted to, to play Bertrand true when it probably was the wrong decision. I thought, um, you know, I think if you if you got the if you got the guts to be shooting like that from twenty five yards, if you can get into a position seven or eight yards out, put your bloody foot through it, and that's you know just being a little bit critical there. But I thought that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, the one that hit the crossbar was, and the third minute as well. There, I just found it. Mm. Um. But other good performances, I thought, in the first half was, I thought Ahmed Mohamedi was, uh, I thought he was very good. I thought he had a very good first yep. half. He was, he was not taking prisoners. He was tackling, like he was getting in there. He was, he was leaving shoulders in there. He was, uh, he was getting in amongst the Damatore. He yep. wasn't shadowing him. He wasn't standing off him. He, he, he came, he came to leave a bit on, Tro- on a Damatore and, and, and I think it suited him. It's not something I've seen much of uh, El Mohamedi, well, not this year anyway, not in the previous games, but I, I think it suited him. I think when he was more aggressive in the tackle, um, now granted that he may might have needed to because he, he had to take him on further up the field as opposed to getting having a cushion because he just didn't want to throw it or run at him. And, yeah. and that's understandable. Um, but but when he got he got in amongst him and it, and they actually ended up having to swap Troy and Neto for a portion of that that first they half did, because yeah. it was towards the end of it they switched them over and it was actually I had a little giggle 
that you know I was thinking of the fact that we were worried about uh, uh, Elmo being in there against him, and he just didn't get any change. It was like it was, and he's he's the kind of player if you if you tackle him hard early on, he goes missing, and he tries to play a lot deeper than you are and look for the ball to to keep away from you. Um, we we've all played with players like that in our lives, I think. Um. And I was delighted to see Elmo getting stuck into him. And then when I saw him switch over, I thought, oh, this fella has no interest here. Paddy, are you suggesting that Adam Atrori isn't up for the fight and that they are just disco muscles that he has? No, is that what no, you're I'm telling you, you, there's no fight in that man whatsoever. I haven't watched him over the years. Uh, he, he's all he's all flair and no fight. Yeah, yeah. In fact, was he, he oils up the arms as well before he goes out. Look. Teach their own. I'd love to have guns like him, but if I did, I'd probably be playing a different sport. Um, and, then, and then tell people it's it's because he doesn't want natural. people pulling his arm. It's natural. Yeah. I don't go to the gym. It's natural. I don't go yeah. to the gym. I don't live. No, look, he, he mightn't. He mightn't. <laughs> if he if he if he doesn't, then uh, if I ever have a daughter, he's more. He's like if I need to get in in that gene pool somewhere, um, you know. So I'm putting it out there. I'll put a dowry on my on my unborn daughter if he doesn't have to go to the gym. God knows that I. Uh, uh, it might counteract my lack of um, of uh, of genetic uh, physical makeup. I think so. Uh, yeah, when get another tension. But if you are listening to Dama Traore, um, you know we'll wait. If I have a daughter, she's uh, you know we'll we'll work something out. Work something out. Um, <laughs> uh, the Welsh played well. Oh, the the Kansas miss, Paddy. Yeah, disappointing. So what can you do? It's it's a centre half's uh, shot, really. You know, you just you just kind of hoped it would come to somebody more composed than than Ezri Kanza. Now I know he has got the odd goal here and there, but it was uh, it was just it, it was actually the, the kind of one you wanted the Watkins to hit the one that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> you know, hit it with that kind of power and hope that it goes in. But I just thought he could have been more measured with the strike, and it's unfortunate. Look. Um, it wasn't as bad as the miss that we'll get to later on in the yeah. in the game, but it's it's one it's definitely one we left behind for sure. Anyone else really stand out for you in that first half? I I think there's a name that that, that I haven't brought up yet, but uh, anyway, it's um, well, like I thought in general, we were excellent in the first half. I thought Trezeguet done very well, mm-hmm. um, considering he's been out for a while. Um, he worked his nuts off, in fairness to him, and that's all you want them to do, considering. When the team was named, I got a bit excited that he would have played on the right and uh, we got a, an opportunity to see Bertie on the left. And my thinking there was, because we struggled so much to break down, um, name escapes me, Sheffield midweek, I was there going, okay, this makes sense. We'll, we'll, we'll put a left footer on the left, a right footer on the right, and they'll attack the byline and pull the ball back. But it didn't work out that way. They set them up. As, as a direct replacement and played there's a guy down the left and we ran more direct at them well they were more open I suppose than Sheffield United where our, our most teams in in the bottom half that we've played lately that have doubled up on us and and defended in a pack um, the game was very open from the start although we, we had the line shared possessions in the first half it, it was a good decent game to watch but uh, yeah Trezeguet stood out for me um, thought he did very well Sanson, I thought, was excellent. It was yeah. great to see him. Unfortunate to see him there with the ice packet when he went off. But, uh, you know, I, I think he can be proud of his first uh, his first start. And I think it goes to show that he's a starting kind of player. 
he struggled to get into it when he, when he came on as a sub. And look, he needed he needed just a little bit of an introduction at that pace of that game. So um, he's had enough of it now coming off the bench and it was time. We all felt it was time for him to start. And he did well. You can't, I, I can't fault him at all. I thought Sensen was very good. Yeah, I, I thought Trezeguet, you know what? There was there was a couple of the periods in, that, in, in the first half as well where you could see Trezeguet and Traore working through the middle because Watkins had to do an awful lot and he's only ended up being caught yeah. out in the wings. And you could see that now they weren't far, they weren't far forward enough, but they were, you know, if Wolves win the ball back, they were being met by a Trezeguet or, or a Traore in, in the middle, yeah. in, in yeah. where in where uh, Ross Barkley would play. Um, Sansan did drift drift out to the to the wings uh, a, a small bit, um, not as much as I as I would have thought he would have done, but but yeah. he did. His uh, his his heat map was actually, do you know what? He he played very very similar to to where Ross Barkley would play. Um, actually, he played very very similar to where Jack Grealish would play, because he was predominantly out in that left wing, and he was far, he was further forward. He didn't stand next to Ali Watkins, which is normally where where we see uh, Ross Barkley because that's that's where he's he's been he's been tested with with uh, with setting up but um Sanson I thought was uh, was was very good I thought that the triangles that it allowed them to play around uh, around players in the middle of midfield like say Neves and Moutinho got them moving around the place a good bit drew the donker out a small bit and it yeah. was to show as I say that's how we were able to uh, excuse me that's how we were able to maneuver him around the field and, and he, he couldn't get into it in the first half I think Sanson, I don't think it was an injury per se to Sanson. I just think it was the fact that he probably left it all out there. Uh, it might have been just a tightness or a strain or something possibly, like that. Possibly, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it was a tear or anything. I just think it was probably lack of uh, match fitness maybe and, and coming in after, God, nearly two months, two, two and a bit months, it could have just been a small bit of soreness uh, in, the back of the, in the back of the legs and the Achilles or whatever. But um, I, don't, I, I would be surprised if he was out. Uh, you know, for, yeah. for the upcoming games. I think that's just something that, uh, that that we'll see. But Ross Barkley came on and he stayed. And Barkley had, uh, Barkley had a couple of touches of the ball, but once again was a small bit ineffectual. Uh, worrying as well that, uh, you know, when, when, when Sanson came off, he had had almost 50 touches of the ball. Uh, Barkley comes on, he only had 15. And, and you know, when, when Barkley yeah. came on, he was very, very withdrawn. Um, he he wasn't like Barkley was very withdrawn. Uh, like yeah. we're talking, we're talking playing back in in. A, I was I was actually in a wing back role almost. Yeah, he was. Um, when he was coming on, I was like, okay, this will give us because at the time we were under the cosh. We spent the yeah. first fifteen minutes of the second half under the cosh, so I figured that was just a changing game plan. He play him up closer to Watkins and try and no. you know put put them on the back foot, but it just never happened. Um, you said he only had 15 touches and one of them very nearly gifted them a goal as well. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, largely ineffective. I think I think he's struggling. I, I, I don't know whether he's struggling uh, fitness-wise or confidence-wise, but there's definitely a struggle there. So um, I don't know where we're at with him, whether, whether, whether it's even worthwhile nurturing it even more or giving any chances unless we need to. Because we, we've uh, we seem to have replacements there that are working harder in Ramsey and now Sanson. You know, the, these are our players. We've got to nurture them. We've got to play them. By all means, throw them in there if he's needed or if people need a break. But I think at this stage now where Europe is going to be a tough ask that, you know, we 
we use our own players here now to, to nurture and grow them and, and get into the system for next season to push on. Um, I don't envisage that Barkley will be someone that we open the checkbook for in the summer. No. I could be wrong. I could be we could be missing something that he's doing in training or you know, but to us it just looks like it's it's not working for him. Um since he got injured. Um I I wish to God it did. I don't I don't wish bad on him by any means. I'd I'd love to see him come on and get a few goals for us for the end of the season and, and really show his early form. Um but I just can't see it happening now. I thought I was the same as you. I thought when he was brought on, Paddy, that he was going to be that guy that would, as I mentioned, Watkins was drifting out left and right and he was picking the ball up and he was taking it down the channels and he was dragging defenders. And we mentioned the Trezeguet and Bertrand Troy were, were finding themselves at times in centrally. And I thought when Barkley came on that he might be the guy to be found in centrally, that if Watkins was out there, you'd give him something to aim maybe across that. You know, Barkley scored a header against Southampton. He was yeah. in the he was in that position, you know, that we were crying out for somebody yesterday. And uh, it just never materialized. I, I was actually quite blown away by how deep he was receiving the ball. Um, in comparison to how he's done it this year, that it just hasn't been his game. Whenever we've seen him that deep, uh, bar the Arsenal game um at the start of the season, the, the first Arsenal game where he ran through them like a dose of salts at times, he was fantastic, and uh, with Jack Grealish there. Uh, we haven't seen him be able to get turned in midfield when he's that far back. That that far back, you know, he seems a bit bit heavy footed, um, yeah. when he's back closer to his own goals, especially if he's receiving the ball with his back to the opposing goal off the defenders. You just never like I, I'm never confident he can get he can get turned on the ball quick enough uh, to get to to get around. Um, I still think we'll see go. I still think we'll see another two or three good performances for Barkley. Um. I just wish I just I, I just wish it didn't just completely fall off a cliff for him. I'd prefer mm. if he was given six or six or seven out of ten performances and maybe not getting goals or assists. Yeah. And then we're having that discussion, but it's fallen off a cliff for him at the moment. And that's not yeah. to say that he doesn't play himself back into form. And I, and fair and you know, in fairness to Dean Smith, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to play. I don't think Smith wants to play four three three as much as he is. I think he's been forced to play four three three without Jack, but. Ross Barkley just he isn't the guy to play in that four three three. He needs to play in the four two three one. Uh, and, and I, th- I think the the absence of Jack also highlights that fact as well. That uh, Jack gives him so much time on the ball as well because yes, everybody is sucked into Jack. So yeah, um, yeah. So uh, like I think the long and the short of it is here we're missing Jack Grealish, and like any team would miss Jack Grealish. So, um. We we just gotta hope and pray that we get him back on the pitch this week and and playing next weekend because, um, I think I, I as much as I hate saying this at this stage, I think we need to go and beat Newcastle. Yeah, to have any hope of keeping the 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 flame burning, I suppose for for Europe. I know anything is possible, but uh, like I mean, we're three points behind Liverpool with two games in hand. If you said that at the start of the season, you'd be scratching your head, wouldn't you? you know? <laughs> you'd be thinking, yeah, Champions League has come yeah. out of nowhere. You know, that's what you'd be so thinking. But that just shows how tight it is. You know, they're, they're still they're still saying Liverpool have a chance of Champions League if they get their act together. But then again, we've no chance. You know, <laughs> it's gas. Absolutely, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I've I've seen that as well. Um, I'm trying to think as well, Paddy, you know, in that second half. So let's move on to the second half. And I suppose really 
the, the two pieces of uh, of the game that we want to talk about in the second half were the two center halves um two center halves misses i think and got well i'm going to call it call it the save of the season from emmy martinez um off connor cody uh that save will never ever ever get enough credit for what it was uh, Connor Cody should have been putting his laces through it. I think it just kind of fell behind him and he tried yeah. to, because he's good with his feet, you know, he, he was confident enough to try and make that little touch. Don't think it was a missed kick, but my God, what a reaction from Emmy Martinez. Because most of the times you get down there, you throw a foot at it, it, it hits off your foot, bounces off Connor Cody and goes back over your head into the goals. He mm. gets his hand down to it and flicks it around the post intentionally. My God. It was like that was sensational. I've, yeah. I've not I've not seen a save as good as that, as, as that this year. It's just brilliant. Absolutely, Jesus! I, I we're we're running out of words to describe this guy, but it's you know he he would get into any team in the league. I think okay. at this stage he's got he's got to be the best goalkeeper in the league, and. We we have just suffered so badly at the hands of goalkeeper our, our own goalkeepers, pardon the pun, the hands. But I think you know someone. I heard someone say today on on the radio. I think um, how many points would we have not picked up without Martinez? I, th- I think our, our current position is a lot down to him. You know, the, the some of the some of the inspired days he had when you when you consider. Even even though we say the, the West Ham game is the only game where he looked off it, mm-hmm. you know, it's the only game he, he made mistakes in. So that's some turnaround from from what we're used to the last five years of coming and going between goalkeepers that we just can't trust, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 phenomenal to have him there. We're, we we've a completely different conversation today, and we we've been beaten yesterday if it wasn't for him. Yeah, absolutely, and and Wolves should have should have definitely taken taken uh, one of their chances anyway. Ball into the back post, and I think it was Neto with a lovely cross, uh, an Ahmed El Mahamedi esque cross from deep yeah. and right on the money. Um, our our line moved out; they were miles off. The you know the, he was miles inside. Connor Cody goes to the into back post, gets a header, comes off the butt of the post. And ricochets across the goal line. Once again, how that doesn't hit Emmy Martinez and go into the back of the net. We were blessed in that instance. And then it falls to Roman Sice, who somehow gets gets his absolute pitching wedge underneath it and drives it up and well over the bar. It yeah. was that's that's a physical anomaly. Whatever physical anomaly uh, Martinez played to get his hand down to the first to the first shot, that was a physical anomaly in in geometry as well. The way that it hit off his foot and went up and over and. I felt that I, I felt it was going to be a nil-all draw after that because I felt that while Wolves had gotten a better foothold in the game, those two chances were very much akin to our two chances in the first half, the two Ali Watkins, or the Watkins chance and the, the Kanza chance as well. And I think that the football and gods equaled those out. And uh, after that happened, I was 100% sure it was going to be a nil-all draw at that stage. I, I, I think the both teams kind of cut their losses. Yeah, <laughs> that is just good. Yeah, but he was the cutter. Oh, so sorry, I'm, I'm having an, an internet meltdown here. I don't know what, what's going on. Uh, you, you, you just stood still there for about 30 seconds, so I wasn't sure whether you, you were, were gone sure. or not. <laughs> no, I was just saying, the joy is a lockdown, huh? 
I know, I know. I was just saying that I, that I think both teams cut their losses after those two those two chances, but we could have won it again at the death. A corner. <laughs> a corner. And it fell yeah. to Esri Kanza. And in fairness, he struck it pretty sweetly. And on a snapshot, I think even if you were a striker, I think you'd still be happy with your effort in that instance. And it just goes up and it just goes wide. And there's no way that the man in the post was going to put his head on it because it was one of those uh, half volleys. And for me, I was like yeah. going, oh, they're the ones that like, like it started the season, Kanza hits that and it's, it's 10 yeah. inches lower. And it goes into the back of the net, and we're gone. We robbed another one. We robbed another yeah. three. Points. And it would, let's face it, a, a draw is a fair result. I think oh, that yeah, would have yeah. been a, a smashing grab. Yeah. To be fair, um, you know, I, 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 a lot of people are, you know, losing their shit after the game. I wasn't. You no. know, they 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 got themselves together after halftime, and we bossed the first half. They bossed the second half. We cancelled each other out. We defended well. We we played okay. Uh, we got a point where, where ordinarily, I know we keep saying this, last year we wouldn't have got a point out of it. I have no doubt about that at all. Um, and people keep referencing it. And I know it annoys people to listen to it, but it is yeah. true. It is true. And uh, I, I, I think we can just be happy with what we got yesterday. And, you know, I think I said in the preview, I'd be happy enough with a, with a draw. So I certainly didn't lose any sleep last night over, over our performance. Yep. I think like consensus... Wolves are a good side. They didn't. They, I know they're missing their two best players. They sold one and one injured, and then Pedence being out injured was a big loss mm. to them as well. So, you know, I thought they were there for the taking in the first half. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get the goal that we needed to to be able to shut up shop. But look, that's that's the madness of the the Premier League this year. Wolves um, are Wolves are a team of internationals. Like people forget that. Like Ruben Patricio is one of the best. Portuguese goalkeepers ever. Yeah. Uh, you've got the likes of the Dunker, uh, international, Roman Sais international, Conor Cody recently in international. Yeah. Nelson Semedo played for a couple of years at Barcelona, still highly thought of, probably wouldn't have been let go from Barcelona only for financial constraints. Uh, Johnny, Ruben Neves, like when Neves moved to, to Wolves, it was a big eye opener. Uh, that was the one that really put Wolves in the map, and that was the one that got people talking about, about George Mendes. Um, Moutinho, obviously, as well. Well-decorated player. Neto, up-and-coming Portuguese player, up-and-coming Portuguese star, shall I say. One game, one goal for Portugal. Uh, William Jose, yes, older guy, kind of finding his feet. Brazilian. Barcelona tried to sign him the January previous to that. Mm. Adama Traore, Spanish international. And then Fabio Silva, a great white hope of uh, of Portuguese football yeah. as well. Like, you know, like, but they're, they're not they're not mugs. They're just going, like, they should be higher in the league. In the, in the league table than then we are you look down to our team and you know there's one there's two there's three there's four there's five there's six there's six internationals uh on our starting 11 whereas yeah. every player on the wolves starting 11 is an international you know mm-hmm. so like like let, let's not get lost in the crosshairs there you know with that yeah. one uh plus they also have nuno espirito sancto one of the most respected tactical coaches in, in in european football as well so wolves are having a down season yes because they're missing one or two players but we do like to get in it all draw against wolves even if it is at home even though we're uh, even though they're having a down season look that's not that we're, we're missing our best player one of the best players we've ever we've ever had in our club you know that that yeah. cancels out both diego jata and uh and Raul Jimenez for, for the importance to, to our club. So, you know, 
perspective is a fantastic thing. My perspective is going to be different to somebody else's, and that's absolutely cool too. But uh, I'm happy with an all draw. Um, I suppose the problem that I have, and a problem I can understand what people have, is the Jekyll and Hyde performance from one half to the next, very Burnley-esque, except we didn't concede. So that's the consistency we got to strive for and we got to look for, um, I mm. suppose, as the, as the season winds up and, and, and into the coming seasons, if we are going to kick this football club on and get back to potential uh, European football once more. Paddy, who do we give our Lakers sports man or the match to? Yeah. I don't know whether you'll agree with me or not, but I, I would be inclined to give it to Morgan Sanson for uh, a very, a very, uh, very measured and composed uh, start. I thought, I thought he was excellent throughout until either he picked up that injury or, or they decided to, to that he wouldn't last the full ninety minutes. But I, I thought he was excellent. I thought he offered, he offered us something else, especially in the first half. So, you agree? Uh, very hard not to give it easy we can't give it to emmy every week <laughs> yeah I like was, he's probably he's probably worth it for that save alone hmm. i was thinking yeah go on sure we'll give it to morgan that's it i th- i'm going to have another i mentioned to akman Hamidi. thought it was his uh thought he was was really good you yeah. know we like he's been he's been the cause of a few goals recently but I thought he was really good. And, and, you know, credit where credit's due with 33 years of age up against a perceived powerhouse and lightning kind of speed merchant in Adama Traore. And as I mentioned, the the, the next big thing in Portuguese football, um, Pedro Neto as well. You know, I thought El Mohamedy basically showed him who was boss, both of them, um, when, when they yeah. came down that right-hand side. And I thought that Neto got most of his joy down the left-hand side uh, for us as well. Because, But uh, saying that target didn't have a bad game. Uh, that's just where he's more he's more comfortable. But yeah, listen, Morgan Sanson, congratulations. The checks in the post. Uh, you're a man of match uh, for the Wolves, uh, Aston Villa versus Wolves game on the 6th of March 2021. Um, so that's going to do it for us tonight, uh, I think. Uh, you can get Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can get me on at Love McGrath Pod. I do have got a statistical and analytical breakdown of John McGinn versus John McGinn. It's a new article I've put up on www.fortheloveofpalmagra.com. And basically, I wanted to highlight the the, uh, John McGinn through the years uh, of Aston Villa under Dean Smith. And and to be honest with you, it's it's quite quite an eye-opening piece. Um, And uh, yeah, I enjoyed putting it together. And there there was a couple of pieces that I wouldn't probably have have seen with the naked eye until I actually looked at the statistical analysis. And, and, and there was other things, obviously, that you can say for certain is happening with John McGinn. And uh, yeah, look, I, I'd really appreciate it if you guys could check it out, retweet it, give it a like, whatever, you know, um, because I, I, I think that John McGinn, uh, I think there needs to be discussion about, about how pivotal he is for this team, uh, number one. And number two, I suppose, just... What, it, what John McGinn has meant to, to, to Dean Smith since he's uh, become manager for this team. So uh, please check it out. Uh, I would really, really appreciate it. Um, also, thanks to uh, a couple of guys I want to say, say say a big thanks to Longford Lions again. Uh, you know, really, really thankful for, for everything you're doing for the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And also to the Fermanagh Lions. Um, I've, been, I got reached, I've been reached out to by, um, by a couple of the guys there. I 
Uh, uh, Ryan from the Fermanagh Alliance. I can't believe I forgot your name. <laughs> uh, but Ryan from the Fermanagh Alliance, you asked me about six months ago to shout out the podcast. I completely forgot. And then uh, I just remembered it during the week. So I said, I'm definitely not going to do it. I'm, I'm not going to forget to do it now. So thanks very much. Um, and thanks to all the Lions clubs out there who have been so good to us uh, throughout the, 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 the last year and a half that we've been really doing the podcast. So as I say, Wolves nil, Aston Villa nil is how it ended. We're on to the Steve Bruce Derby again uh, next Friday night. It's late game on Friday night. Uh, so here's hoping be really interesting team team selection again. Hopefully our uh, our leader is back in ja- in uh, Jack Grealish, and uh, hopefully we can get the I suppose get back on track again with another three points. We will be coming to you I suppose probably Tuesday again with a preview show. And until then, guys, stay safe. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.